Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to a brand new episode of But Am I Wrong, starring me, Megan, and me, Melissa, who happened to be never. Oh, I thought you meant specifically me, Oh, which yeah. I mean, still true, but yeah. us together, who happened to be, who never, ever, we're never wrong. No, we're never wrong. We are never wrong at all. And you know why we're never wrong? Because we think before we speak. Mm -hmm. So when we just spent uh, an hour and a half shit talking a certain old uh, white lady who died. Yeah. We didn't record that. Nope. No, because we know that we are right. But you know what? We don't need to put it in the podcast. Right. This is our podcast. Welcome. This is the latest. We're recording this specific podcast. Wow. Look at us. Yeah, it's like five o'clock. Mm hmm. We switched which order that we did things. Oh, yeah. That is why. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, too. We also did something. We did a, a little. We didn't take a break from work. We took a break from recording to do something else that was mm -hmm. related to work. Yep. But that's all the sneak peeks you'll get. You'll have to join our Patreon because they are the ones who are officially getting sneak peeks. Mm -hmm. Anyways, this is a podcast where we talk about everybody who's wrong and how we are not those people. We have three segments. But am I wrong? Where we each propose a hot take to the other one. Something we feel very strongly about or we feel lukewarm about, but we just are passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Usually we feel pretty strongly or something happening in our lives that we're trying to figure out. I don't think I was wrong, but do you think I was wrong? Yeah. And then we tell the other person, of course, you're never wrong. Then we read your email submissions, which you can send to buttamywrongpod at gmail.com. Keep them under 300 words. Write down everything. It's all anonymous. That's our second segment. And then our third segment is But Are They Wrong? Where we nominate the worst person of the week. Current event. It could be someone in pop culture. It could be a politician. It could just be like a concept. Something that is grinding our gears. And then one of our favorite parts about this whole show is we have an audience interaction. Yeah. And that's when y'all vote. We post on our Instagram to... Um, it's usually the day after... The episode goes up and then y'all can go and vote on what's going on in the show. And then if you have like strong opposing views, please send us a DM. Like to hear from you. Yeah. Or if you have just like personal anything that you have to like, I mean, you don't need to just send your stream of consciousness to, to the DMs. But if you have like a personal experience with something and you feel very strongly and you want to send it to us, go for it. So to vote, you go on over to our Instagram stories. Like Melissa said, the votes are usually up on Friday because this episode comes out on Thursday or this podcast comes out on Thursdays. So you can vote there. We have all the instructions for voting and uh, TBD if this is the last time we read the votes. Yeah. Okay. First up was me versus people who look down on others for not being quote unquote big readers. 2% said I was wrong. 98% said I was not wrong. I do want to read one DM 
Someone said, you're not wrong for your take, but I legit knew people in middle school slash high school who bragged about how they never read anything unless it was for class. And I don't know if they had any learning disabilities, but they were all rich kids and they were doing well in their classes. And my response was, like I said in the episode, that's not bragging. As a society, we fundamentally look down on people who do not read because we view it as being uneducated. You can't brag about something that is used against you. A comparison, I would say, it's like bragging about having acne. All right. And then next we have Melissa wants to send insulting emails to people that reach out to collaborate without researching the show. 1% said that I was wrong. 99% said that I was not wrong. And I would like to thank you all for supporting this. And so I will be doing this from now on. People, some people are saying that there needs to be like an automatic like response that yeah. you just can like press a button so you don't have to take any time out of your day uh-huh. and just fires off. Right. You, we just send over a quiz that it's like, now answer these questions about us. Mm-hmm. How well do you know the show? Right. I make a fun BuzzFeed style quiz. <laughs> Then we write our number one versus the boyfriend who called the dead cat Billy ugly. 4% said the writer is wrong. 96% said the boyfriend is wrong. I just want to say the people who are like, this is not like a breakup level offense. Your partners must suck. Like, what kind of behavior do you tolerate if someone like calling your dead pet ugly after you've repeatedly told them to stop and like laugh as you are like visibly upset? Yeah, it's not cool. No. Then we've got writer number two versus a relative that taunts them for changing their mind about kids. 1% said the writer is wrong. 99% said the relative is wrong. Fair. Then my wrong of the week, I nominated Governor Newsom, who said no to safe injection sites across California cities. And 98% said Newsom is wrong and 2% said Newsom is not wrong. And vast majority of the people who said not wrong messaged and said, yo, my bad. Accident. Then we've got my wrong of the week, Lena Wilson, who talked about Amanda's also apology for us. We repeatedly said her name incorrectly. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Talked about Amanda's cleavage in bodies, bodies, bodies. 99% said that Wilson is wrong. 1% said that Wilson is not wrong. I need to go see if Wilson's come out of hiding. Nope, she hasn't. That's funny. Her own website is so insufferable. Can I read something from her website? During her coverage of the 2018 Tribeca Film Festival, Lena went directly from a roundtable on gun violence to a screening of the grueling Steubenville rape documentary, Roll Red Roll, which is probably the most apt encapsulation of her martyr-like dedication to socially conscious cinema. So because she saw two movies at a film festival... She's a martyr. Also, that's not a... It's not. It's not a compliment at all. And you know she wrote this about herself. She doesn't know what the word martyr means. She has no idea. Not only is that, like, not a compliment, like, it's literally, like, an insulting thing. Nor... And you would never say that about yourself. That's not even, like, self-deprecating. Yep. That's actually hilarious. Yep. I'm obsessed with how people write their own websites. Like, I do think it's, like, one of my favorite things ever. Also, like, people, like, how they write just any of their accolades. Like, I know it's very hard. And, like, we've had a hard time when, like, we have to, like, write, like, blurbs about ourselves and we'll send each other to the other one. Mm -hmm. But there is just something so comical about that. Yep. Wow, I love that. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. That's beautiful. Whether... Writing deep dives on TikTok trends, interviewing her favorite filmmakers, or waxing poetic humor about horror movies, her voice is inclusive, thoughtful, and often humorous. Really? It's humorous. We laughed? 
at you, not with you. Right. Wow. Dying. That was wonderful. Okay. That's the results. So my hot take is very topical. I mean, it's very topical as we're recording this. It might be a week or so later by the time you hear this. The Forbes lists are a lie and a scam. They are not real. The Forbes 30 under 30, 40 under 40. I mean, if we want to talk about the ethics of just promoting hustle culture and capitalism, consumerism, just unfathomable amounts of wealth and putting that in like a beautiful, like a shining a limelight on it in like a very positive sense. Like, I don't think people even know, like Forbes has like lists of like the richest people ever. And it's like, oh, Russian oligarchs, like literally like horrible people. But Forbes in the last, I don't know how long they've been doing this, but they started doing 30 under 30, 40 under 40, in which there are some parts of these lists that are real and like true that like there are certain people that you like cannot ignore who have been incredibly successful. And that's not, they're not fudging any of that. But about 90% of it is just PR Mm -hmm. and it's PR placements. Mm -hmm. So- um, Paid to play. Literally. So you have to be nominated for them. And similar to like a streamy or something else, like another sort of thing that you're nominated for, there's not a committee that nominates you. It is, quote unquote, your peers, which is your publicist, your agent. Like they pitch you for these things. And there are 600 slots, 15,000 submissions. And it says the list has a similar acceptance rate to Harvard and other prestigious universities. But it is just all bullshit. And I can't believe that like we're still viewing this and like they have not changed their ways (laughs) since the Kanye debacle with a Kanye claiming to be like a self-proclaimed billionaire. First of all, Kylie, they said, was a, a self-made billionaire. And then with Kanye, and then basically, they kind of admit that there is no real process to proving anyone's wealth. So Forbes did like a follow-up article because Kanye was upset about them not saying that he was a billionaire. And he said, Forbes said yesterday, a breakthrough. West directed his team to provide what we feel is an authentic numeric look into Kanye Inc. Huh? What, what, as transparency, we're talking about money here. And the whole point of these lists is like what they say to kind of defend how weird they are is like pay discrepancy. And like specifically for like women in the industry, especially like actresses, I think it is important to see how much your male counterparts are making and Mm -hmm. when it's not going to have a lot of salary transparency. But they are, they're not showing or explaining any of this shit. So Forbes has their list that just came out, which was the Forbes did the top creators of 2022. And they are these 49 social media savants and one dog are redefining celebrities for our connected age. Who's the dog? I don't know. So some of these, I look at this and as someone who's like been in the industry for a long time, I'm like, yeah, I believe some of these numbers based on like a Charlie D'Amelio. Like you have a Hulu deal, which shocker to most people, uh, the largest, biggest things that people have done usually pay the absolute least because they are opportunities Mm -hmm. for you. But because of that, you have more reach and therefore your brand deals will be a lot higher. And so they rank everyone for how much they made that year. Then they they have a ranking. So it's like one through, I think, 
one through 50, and then their earnings of 2021, their total followers, their average engagement, and then their entrepreneurship score, which is the part that I want to focus on. None of this makes sense. First of all, Forbes, none of this list is not in numerical order. Like it's one through 50, but you have the number one person is earning, I think, the most, but then the second person is not earning the, like the next most. Like Who's it's the number one person, uh, Mr. Beast, which I'm not shocked about. His earnings were 54 million. And then we have Charlie D'Amelio, 17.5 million. I'm. Are they putting in order of who they think is going to be a bigger draw for people to click on the article first? I don't know, but they're naming it's one through, it's ranked one through 50. But it's like, what are we ranking them on? And uh, Alex Cooper, she made $20 million. But again, we're not really like, if you want to take talk about that. So she's a 60 million Spotify deal. So you break that up over three years. So the only income we're counting then is just her Spotify deal. So what? Like, what is this? To me, that is someone who they just pulled because they knew that she made that $60 million deal. To me, Alex Cooper is not a PR placement on this list. Mm -hmm. And then we have like, fuck Jerry, sure. This one makes no sense. Huda Katan, who has the makeup, Huda Beauty, 13 million. I, if I would believe that if some of these other fucking numbers on here did not, did not say what they say. Because if some other people are making $15 million, there's no way that she's like the number one, like makeup selling brand in the Middle East. Like she's fucking huge. And she's one of the top selling brands in Sephora and like in the United States. So you're saying it's too low? I'm saying that it's not too low if everybody else has made sense. But compared to some of the other ones I'm going to show you, there is, and it, to me, this is, again, like Alex Cooper, I believe the 13 million. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into ones that I do not believe. Okay, Rhett and Link, 30 million. I can buy that mostly because they are a literal production company. And so those are not two individuals making that money. It's an entire company who's making that much money and you have to make that much money to put mm-hmm. so much money into their company. Then we get to the absolute lies. Jake Paul, $45 million. Huh? How much is he making from these boxing things? Huh? This is 2021. So I think he actually did less than he did before. But his is one that I'm like, okay, it's a lot, but sure, maybe. I'm just not that knowledgeable in boxing, but sure, I could I could see that. What is this list? It's the top creators. Got it. Um is that a little toy boy on there still? Which one? That kid that used to play with toys online. The YouTuber. No. So also they did one like six months ago for the top earners on TikTok. And it it's not reflecting here. And it's like you didn't you can't even match this up to like the previous article that you released three months ago about the top earners. Like it just does not make sense. Oh yeah, Ryan's on here. Ryan's toys. His earnings are 27 million, it says. It says Bretman Rock made $6.1 million. I could potentially, maybe in some world, believe that. But Bretman has like MTV shows. He has all of these like big campaigns, all of this kind of stuff. But I could see in like the three-ish million dollars, maybe $5 million, 6.1. I'm like, okay, sure. I feel like that Ford should be looking at tax returns. They're not. It's self-reported. Now get ready for the absolute one where I, the whole time I'm reading this, I'm going, this does not make any sense. This does not make any sense because there are some people on here who have like makeup brands. You, If you have a brand, you're making 
and you are an investor in that brand, what your income is going to be, it's going to be a hell of a lot more, but then it's also going back into things. So Desi Perkins, I'm like, sure, I guess I could get that. But all of these How numbers- How much does it say? Like 12 million. All of these seem so fucking inflated because again, unless you have investors in your company, you don't have the capital to make $12 million in product. Like you just, you just don't. And like these brand deals, you're not getting a $5 million brand deal. Like that's just not how it works. And at least some of these people are believable lies. And some of these people, I think they also just, again, I think Forbes just pulled things from the internet that were like public. Tinks, who I've spoken about on the podcast before. Her 2021 earnings, she reported $11 million. No fucking way. I'm sorry. It is literally the most laughable and embarrassing thing. Like Forbes, you should be so fucking embarrassed when I tell you this is not anywhere near believable. Like people are saying like, oh, well, it's like reported that she uh, charges $100,000 for per brand deal. And I'm like, that's like not how brand deals work. Like a brand can approach you, but depending on what the asks are or whatever, but in general, unless you are and like she has 1.9 million followers on TikTok like Charlie D'Amelio has like 30 fucking million or something like way fucking more and there's another uh Michaela who's on TikTok who's I think not little Michaela no but she's like one of the most popular TikTok makeup creators and those people get a fucking ton of money and brand deals and shit I think her net worth was like 2.5 and I'm like she actually has all these palettes she has things that she's producing and like stuff that she's making and this is the bio for Tinks. A lover of French fries, inventor of hot girl walks, and giver of dating advice, Tinks has earned a reputation of TikTok's older sister. For this, her engagement is extremely high with 6.6, which is good. It's no wonder why the standard, a Stanford-educated creator has her own Chipotle bowl named after her in her serious F, uh, FX radio show. They gave her an entrepreneur score of one, yet she is ling- listed at number 32 on this list. There is no way in hell you made $11 million. There's no way in hell you made a million dollars. I thought she went away too. She's still doing So this is from 2021. So it was okay. before she got canceled. But I can't stress enough how like typically, again, unless you are someone who has the, like you are someone with like 30 million followers, like so many more followers than she has. You are not getting $100,000 for a brand deal that is, maximum three minutes long that is going to be swiped and swiped away. Like statistics, like truth, the most money you're going to get on a brand deal, something on YouTube. Then next is going to be a static Instagram post or, and then next will be a TikTok and then will be Instagram stories. But like you only do TikTok. You don't, that premium pay for what people are making, that is, you'd have to cross post it on all of this shit. And it's just, the most unbelievable amount. It's everyone should be embarrassed. And it literally makes this entire list go like, you're fucking kidding me. You made twice as much as Bretman Rock. I don't believe that. No, Bretman literally has a brand deal with Google. And Bretman is the epitome of like, just like everybody's thirsting after him. Who gets invited to fashion shows? Bretman Rock. All of fashion week. Who has MTV shows? Like literally like household staple name. Everyone knows. Tinks? No. No. And truthfully, if you are someone who makes content that is aimed towards more luxury and and like, oh, like designer things and like really nice things like rich girl, rich mom, blah, blah, blah. You are not get those brand deals are not. Those are usually for product. Like you're not getting paid to 
promote something like that. Like it's not relatable or attainable. And your audience, there's not that many wealthy people who can afford that lifestyle. So like your audience is not as influenced by you if you are promoting ridiculously expensive things and those ridiculously high-end brands don't need the PR. Mm -hmm. It is just the most ridiculous thing ever. They'll say Ricky Thompson. So again, Tinks, $11 million. Ricky Thompson, 2.5. Like, are we supposed to pretend? I think what really happened is I think her team was like, oh, Alex Cooper made $60 million from her Spotify podcast. And so I think what they wanted to do was make it seem like serious, paid a fuck ton of money for her podcast that like she was so desirable and everybody wanted to hear it. No. No, no, no. But like, I don't believe that Ricky made that much money either. I don't believe any of these people made this much money. It is just like their credibility is tanked. Like none of this makes any sense. And I just want people like Forbes, first of all, like you're an embarrassment, like do better. But also anybody who sees this shit, just know all of this is fake. Like none of this is real. This is not how much these people like this is just it's not like you don't make this amount of money. You would have to have like you don't have this passive kind of income. Well, mine is the same. It's along the same thing. It's about the number one person on this list. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Mr. Beast posted a video the other day of um, him and somebody else giving away money to people in Walmart. And it was like he would go up to people and ask, would you rather have $1,000 or give away $10,000 to somebody else in the store? And the first people, first two people that he went up to, they were like, I really need the money. So I'll take the $1,000. The second person he went up to said that their sister had just had a baby and the baby was premature. Like, so these people needed money. Yeah. So then the last person they go up to says that I'd want to give it away. So then they find some and they give them 20 seconds to find somebody in the store to give away the $10,000 to. And they give it to a woman um, who was very like grateful. But then they end up giving that man $10,000 as well. So the man who did not need the money, need 1K, they're promoting him like congratulating him that he didn't need money so they're still giving him ten thousand dollars so i just like those other two people that needed one thousand dollars why didn't y'all give him more money like this person didn't need the money and then all the people in the comments are like and i don't know maybe he's deleted because i was like there's no way people don't see what the problem Mm -hmm. is with this like this is how like America rewards people that already have money. Like, it's like you, they don't get taxed fairly. So, like, this man who did not need the money ends up walking away with more money than the people that needed money. That's wild. Yeah. I'm not shocked, though, because, like, as a society, we are more comfortable praising someone for giving people money who need money than giving people who need money money mm-hmm. like we would rather praise people for the chair reward people for the charity they exactly. do than actually like a- acknowledge like participate and also yeah give to said charity. yeah and everybody in the comments like oh this is such a good thing 
what Mr. Beast did. Like, this is so something that he would do. And I'm like, giving money, like, why wouldn't they, like, still be like, okay, like, cool. Like, you gave this money away. Here's a thousand dollars. And then let's give the rest to these other two people that said that they really needed the money. Yeah, because you're just, you're rewarding good behavior uh-huh. as opposed to actually trying to help people. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, poverty makes people uncomfortable. It, they, yeah, that's the a pat on the back. Good job. People would uh-huh. rather do that than like, you know, yeah, actually address that. Yeah. So, yeah, my hot take is that this was not a good deed. This is something that he used to, I mean, it's going to be a tax write-off for him anyway, like Mr. Beast as it is, but like something he used to show that he was doing a good thing. But in the end, like, yes, it was generous to give away this money. But again, you rewarded someone that did not need the money. And there are two other people that actually needed money. Yeah, you could have been like, like, that's like so great. Like, you know, how like, would you want to be included? We're actually going to give bonus money to these other mm-hmm. people. And these were their stories. Like, do you want to come with us right. to do that? Like, you know, like when Ellen, not not that I'm an Ellen fan, but like when Ellen would have like celebrities come with her to doing good deeds. It's not like afterwards she gave the celebrity like, here's $5,000. Exactly. It's like, no, f- people who don't need that, like have, if they want to be kind and charitable, mm-hmm then you can also, I don't think there's anything wrong with like wanting to see, like see that happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I, you're not wrong. I very much agree in the, right now I feel like we're in this like such performative area of giving that like we now, it's like, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Like, oh, well, do you want people to not do it at all? As if there's only one option of being charitable is doing it with strings attached and benefiting other people. People? It was for entertainment. Yeah. To see what these people would do. But it just highlights what is wrong with this country. Yeah. I hope that person donated that money. I hope so, too. You're not wrong Thank at you. all. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, 
in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time. And I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious. Like it's, it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like, I'm drinking like a drink drink. Like you can throw a little straw in there and it's, it's delicious. It's so good. And I just, I love, they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code Blame Me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and 
and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, wait, this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. (gasps) When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Now it is time for But Are You Wrong? This is where you write in. Email it to butamirongpod at gmail.com. Keep it under 300 words. Tell us what's happening and the situation in your life that you want us to tell you if you are the hero or the villain in your story. Please don't ask us if you are wrong about feeling something. Mm -hmm. Talking about situations, things that you said. And if you want to listen back to previous episodes of how other people word them, I think it's a great way to inspire. But we do ask that you include names. I mean, we do ask that you include ages and fake, fake names. names. Yeah. So we can follow along. So my 25, she, her, fiance, 26, he, him, recently decided he wants to change career paths and go into law enforcement. He says he wants a job where he feels like he can make a difference and do good and that the best way to change the system is to force change from within. He thinks Blue Lives Matter is a stupid concept and has all the same political views I do, which is why this is such a surprise. I've understandably received such mixed reviews from my friends and family, but I am so in love with him and I'm having such a hard time trying to figure out what to do. Am I wrong for wanting to support him? Personally, I think you are wrong for wanting to support him because I think that you and him don't have enough knowledge about the policing system to think that you can force a change from the inside. Like, at this time and starting a career change now and like 
maybe I'm off base, but I would be like, do you want to go into like law to try and change how the policing laws work? But you don't have much or any weight at all as an individual police officer on a force considering policing across the country is fucked. Yeah, I I can't speak on this from like a level of like, can you change from within? But I can say that the job of a police officer is to enforce the law but there's not enough training as a police officer to know the law, to be able to enforce the law. So, I mean, we see this all the time, like people recording police officers and they're like, the police officer will be like, like you're um, committing a crime. And they're like, no, this actually isn't a crime. And then the person will like rattle off some law or code or whatever it is and the police officers sit there looking dumb repeating the same thing over and over again until they just keep like depending on the color of the skin of the person they're either going to do something drastic like a bare minimum pistol with them or they just keep calling a superior to a superior to a superior until the person on top is like no that's the law you can't do anything and so I I don't think that there's a way to change it from within because you the system is set up to fail. So unless like he is going into like an activist that is fighting for police reform or a lawyer who is fighting for police reform, there's you can't you can't change something that like you said this you is the way the that it is meant to be. Yeah, you don't ha- you have to propose bills and write new laws to then propose to the Senate if you want to change the law. Mm-hmm. You can't change the law in this. And also, I <laughs> has he read a ton of books on like what's his is his thought process in police abolition or is he into like police reform and like what version of police reform? Because police reform, it, you can't reform something like you can't reform a, a dog into a cat like this. The goal of this is working as intended. You can't reform it because it's it's rotten to its core. Like, it's not that there are these small issues here. Like, this is, it's working how it's intended. If you and him have not watched the movie 13th together, I think that's a great place. I think it's checking out a bunch of books in the library. I think it's, like, following a bunch of these, uh, like, police, like, ACAB activists and all of this to understand what that is. And then even just activists in general who are working to change that like it is like really important to know that people have been working to change all the fucking shit that we are faced with for for years and that is who we should be uplifting and working for and if that's what he wants to make a real change go to the people who have studied this who have researched this who have made this their life and career work to learn how to help best advocate and work with them versus going as a solo person into a police force thinking that you can change that when you don't have any like credentials or like background in that like it's just that's not the way you go about it and I just think it's I don't know to me that's like a really big red flag because I I wonder there's a lot of men who have a really hard time standing up to other men when they say things that are like passively sexist passively racist or even just like 
kind of fucked up or like rude. And they don't call them their friends out on that. Like, is he someone who like, is he like no shade intended, like social justice warrior? Like, is he someone who does that? Like, and he thinks that he's going to succeed in a police force. Like this to me just feels really performative and not thought out at best. And at worst, a cover for someone who might not be aligned with you in all the ways that you think and might think that prison, I mean, police reform is, uh, this is giving not all cops and he wants to be one of the good ones. Yeah. I don't know specifically if it's a red flag, but for me, um, I think it's not being educated on the subject. That's exactly how I feel. And that to me is a red flag acting on something that is something as like delicate and deadly as like law enforcement without being educated. Like that is big, 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 big red flags to me. I'm not, I'm not okay with that. And that I think like for you, like you say that you align politically and all of that, but similarly, we talk about like being both on the left or whatever, but like, oh, how we think this should be taxed versus this and this Mm -hmm. and this. This might have been kind of an area that you didn't really unpack with him as much that you both thought Blue Lives Matter were stupid, but does he believe not all cops? Like, what is the intricacies here? Because I don't think you maybe align as much as you think. And if both of you think that he can do like a ton of good as a brand new rookie officer in law enforcement and like change the whole policing system, that's just like you're like vastly uneducated on it. And yeah, there's so many resources. Dismantle from the outside. There's yeah. other options for him. So many other options. Mm-hmm. It's just giving very much savior complex. Yeah. All right. So here's the one that I picked for this week. This situation involves myself, 30, he, him, my husband, Zed, 33, he, him, and my friend, Pax, 31, they, them. Zed and I have been together for nine years and Pax and I have been friends for six months. For context, Pax and I talk one-on-one rarely, primarily hanging out in groups, and will once in a while have a deep alcohol-induced conversation about life. At work, PAX supervises a small five to seven team of people. Zed, post-start of friendship with PAX, became PAX's supervisor. I have learned through PAX directly or via socials that they have invited employees to parties with heavy drinking, gone to events with employees that involve heavy drinking and dancing, and invited employees into their homes for parties with drinking. Zed does not invite their entire staff to these events, nor are they work events by any means. Am I wrong for sharing these things that Pax tells me posts online with Zed? Pax has not had a conversation with me asking me not to do so. Even if they did, I would and plan to tell them that I will continue to share with Zed. I feel like my partner deserves to know about these problematic behaviors. These things directly oppose the professionalism that should come along with being in the leadership role that Pax is in. Frankly, I feel as though I am helping Pax by ensuring they are held accountable for things that shouldn't be occurring for many reasons, power dynamics, perceived favoritism, etc., Though I can't admit the way I'm going about this may be a little petty. Am I wrong? Are you not allowed to do that? Do what? Like have parties and like drink with your employees? I mean, it depends on if there is like something in the handbook about it. But uh, I think you're wrong because this isn't your business. (laughs) Like, like. Do you have the employee handbook? Like, do you know that you're not allowed to do that? But also like you're being a snitch. 
in something like this you don't work for them this is a passing friend are they even actually your friend no like the only time you really talk is if you're drunk with them so is that not unprofessional since you're the spouse of the boss like that to me is unprofessional so I do think you're wrong like I said this is not your business you're inserting yourself into something that is not about you and there it's not even work events yeah I know so that like I can't even imagine that it's against employee rules unless you're a teacher and you're partying with students underage right. students like it would have to be illegal in some other realm yeah, right like again it's none of their business so why are you telling your husband like you have nothing to do with this who cares like they're friends outside of work why why do you care so much why are you telling and I, like your husband should be telling you i don't care why are you telling me this yeah isn't it not unprofessional that you follow on social media. Right. Yeah. And like you said, like you have like zero platform because like you talk about like we get drunk together. Mm -hmm. Like that just makes no sense. I also don't really think that holding if you are not involved in a situation, I don't think you can hold someone accountable. Right. Like I think you can be an onlooker for something that's happening publicly of being like, I don't stand with that. Like I think that is great. But you're unless you are an active participant or like of a group of people who's actively being harmed by someone, you don't get to hold someone accountable if it has no. nothing to do with you. No. So I think you're wrong. Mind your P's and Q's and stay out of it. And if this bothers you so much, unfollow them on social media. Yeah. I would love for you to write back, though, and like why you think that this is like un like not allowed. Maybe. I mean, we're coming from the point the professions for us like oh my god everyone. partying with like everyone you work with is part of the job yeah no I don't have as many work connections because I don't party anymore mm -hmm. like people do drugs with people they work with like yeah. it's so I'm curious what makes you because to me this is like so outlandish to even like get to this conclusion so like I am very curious what field this is in uh -huh. or like why you why this you're having such a strong reaction to this also considering that you have a deep alcohol induced conversation with him mm -hmm. like what makes this what makes that different right because like where are y'all were y'all friends before they were working together it's not even real friends either no because again like my mind is only going to like teachers and students like that would yeah be but like bad. why but what you had to be in a situation where y'all were drinking together so like yeah, so was why that was that okay mm -hmm. and why is the other like so bad and unprofessional and needs right. to be told you're wrong and I have questions all right let's take another break deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
now it is time for Don't Blame Them, a.k.a. the vote of the week, where we nominate the absolute worst person, place, or thing that has been just fucking up as of late. And I would like to nominate. Mine is, um, you know, bad, but then we have a happy outcome. Okay. You know? So I feel like it's a, it's a good way to do this. So, Brittany Aldean. If anyone knows, she's married to Jason Aldean. And boy, oh boy, did I discover this lady. And I was shocked. Not because she was like unsurprising, um, but just the fact that like, I fully did not know that this woman existed. She is a wild conservative, like absolutely wild. Like her and her sister, friend, started like a conservative t-shirt company. Like it's just like the most cringy. It's like literally if Tina Fey wrote a conservative character on 30 Rock. Like, it is like a parody of her. Like, it's, I have, for, it's problematic. Obviously, everything's problematic. But I also have just massive secondhand embarrassment for just that this is a real person. Like, it's so fucking weird. And so as um, most hateful conservatives who um, specifically really go hard uh, on their views on social media for attention and they identify so hard with their bigoted views that they use that to further their fucking careers and make a t-shirt company. She posted a TikTok, which I think she repurposed into a reel, or maybe it was just a video on Instagram, where she has no makeup on, and then she has a little transition, and then suddenly she has makeup on. Seems innocuous. No, the caption. I really like to thank my parents for not changing my gender when I went through a tomboy phase. I love this girly life. Huh? Just passive, or not even, not so subtle, transphobia. Like, first of all, I will say, um, go check anyone who commented on that post and agreed, because you will, if you have not already noticed that most country stars fucking suck, they do. She's just so weird. She's literally made it her brand being a bigot. Like, <laughs> and it's just so fucking wild. I will say a little bit of a backstory. She stole him from his wife and cheated, was the other woman. And then she has this quote-unquote moral high ground about sinners. Really? Everything she does is just an absolute embarrassment. And she's the worst. <laughs> and it's like, again, the vast majority of conservatives, especially ones who are so forward-facing in the media, complete hypocrites. But then we had Country Darling and one of my absolute favorite artists who came in into the comments. And I think she also tweeted. She tweeted. I think she also went to the comments. Maren Morris who said, it's so easy to like not be a scumbag human. Sell your clip-ins and zip it, Insurrection Barbie. I absolutely love her. And then on Fox News, they reported on this and they said Maren Morris, but they, instead of saying Maren Morris, they said lunatic country music person. So naturally, oh, Fox News. Maren Morris decided to put that slogan on a t-shirt along with the peer support and crisis hotline for trans youth, and in one day made $100,000 in sales, which were all donated to Trans Lifeline and Glad. It literally says, Maren Morris, lunatic country music person with the phone numbers. I love her. She's fucking great. And there's a couple of other like country artists you will see in her comments. I don't think it's hard at all to know where anyone lies on the political spectrum at this point, but country has been a place where a lot of people have just like fully removed themselves from the genre because it it feels like it's not there's not any point because everyone's going to be a complete raging bigot um we got like the chicks yeah so i would say you could go on maren morris's comment section see that and 
you know, know the real future of country. So fuck you, Brittany Aldean. Piss off Insurrection Barbie. Yep. That was a good one, Marin. I was like, nice. Very good. Yeah. So mine is, you know, last week I had a uh, honorable mention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, And then this week, I mean, it happened in the same week, but we had recorded on a Tuesday. And I think news might have broken the next day. It did because I had no idea who this man was until the night before. And I was like, I know, I know who this is now. Yeah. So um, the Daily Beast, my honorable mention last week, Aries Spears, he um, had said some vile things about Lizzo. And then the next day there was a headline that he, as well as Tiffany Haddish, have been accused of child sexual abuse. And so um, a Jane Doe came forward and said that her and her younger brother allegedly in a new lawsuit that the comics recruited them into performing inappropriate sexual suggestive things in a sketch when they were children. Um, Her brother is still a child, but uh, the Jane Doe and her brother, they considered Tiffany Haddish like their aunt. They'd call her Auntie Tiff. Tiffany would call them her niece and nephew, and they had met her because Tiffany, because their mother um, knew her from like being on the comedy circuit. And so now the Jane Doe is 22 and her brother, John Doe, is 15. And Jane has adopted John now because um, their mother is incapacitated in some type of way. And so when Jane was 14, she alleged that her and John were taken to a shoot in which Tiffany claimed that it was going to be for Nickelodeon. And it wasn't. The mother and Tiffany had become friends because they were both going through messy divorces at the time. And then Tiffany kind of like became like their aunt because of this. And then when Jane was 14, she went to a comedy camp with Tiffany Haddish also went to this camp when she was younger, younger as well. And that's kind of how she came up and they went to this shoot. And I just want to say major trigger warning for sexual assault. Haddish told Jane Doe to pretend like she was giving fellatio to like a Subway sandwich. Again, she was 14 years old and like was making her do these moaning and groaning sounds and... Jane didn't exactly understand because she was a child. She didn't exactly understand what she was doing, but she just felt like it was wrong. And um, it made her physically and emotionally uncomfortable. And so Tiffany would make the noises and then Jane would copy it. And Jane was paid $100 for this. And she tried to like shrug off how uncomfortable she was because of this. And then... She just never got over that. And then her brother, which was very disgusting. The video's online if you want to see it, but I don't suggest anyone do it. He was a little boy, seven years old, was in the video with Aries Spears, where Aries was pretending to be like a family member of Tiffany's and Tiffany, and the little boy was pretending to be or acting, quote unquote, to be Tiffany's son. And she would leave 
her son with this family member and the boy like was in his underwear, didn't have a shirt on. And Aries was looking at him as a pervert. And like the point of the skit was to be like, don't, you know, don't trust your kids around these people. But they were zooming in on the kids private areas on his chest and he again didn't know there was even like a scene of them in a bathtub together and like again he didn't know what was happening he just knew that it was wrong and it's been causing him very much like traumatic stress all his life he's 15 now and he like will not be around a camera because of it Aerie Spears just kind of like shrugging this off saying it's not a big deal tiffany says that she can't really comment on it but it's like not what it seems to be and she's still she's got i got an advertisement yesterday for she's doing a comedy show on friday so i don't know if like it's still happening but it seems like they're not taking any responsibility for this but the thing is is like it's still it it physically exists like you can see it yeah, and it was uploaded from like the um, can user side of like Funny or Die, and mm -hmm. Funny or Die commented and said it. We immediately removed it after mm -hmm. it was reported like years ago right. because it was and it was called through the eyes of a pedophile. Mm -hmm. And the tweet that I saw that was like the most harrowing, like that. I mean, those poor kids, but also that fucking poor mom. The end of it says like, "Watch who you leave your kids with," right. and, and that's who that she left her kids with. And it just felt so. Like Black Mirror, yeah. fucked up kind of a thing. And it's just awful. Mm -hmm. And there's like, there's no further information that I need. Right. There is like, there's no context. There's no like, oh, this is out of, like you're missing something. For, like, there's like, there's no world where that is like, okay. And even if it was quote unquote legal, that's still not okay. It's wrong. It's just wrong on so many levels. And she lied about where she was taking this. That's what I mean. I'm like, so if you want, if they want to use the argument where it's like, oh, well, kids play roles at, on actors as like incredible, in like incredibly traumatic instances, but there is laws in place. There's like a union. Mm -hmm. There, it, like, all those things are happening. And there's like, responsible if you're doing it in the right way. There's responsible directors on set that like talk to the kids. There's also like other people there that are there to help them. And if there's something like that, like happening on like an actual TV show where this is done responsibly, the kid has no idea what's actually happening. Yeah. I also have a hard time in I general. I don't like it. I don't like it. Like yeah. I don't need to see it. I don't need it. And I don't think that we need to make content about that. Like I'm just, I think like if you want to make content where it's like, oh my God, using a kid for like the shock value to mean something good boys that's the only movie that i get like it's funny it's lighthearted. like they don't they know that they're saying something that's like oh this is a swear word but like there's nothing yeah. sexual or predatory involved in it and like again even if all of this was legal we know what happens on dan schneider shows like mm -hmm. we know what happened like that's not an excuse for that and part of me thinks that that's like Tiffany's how her how I read her response was in kind of like a you know it's not illegal right like what happened and like you might not like it and like I don't necessarily I don't think I would do it again today like yeah. 
I'm in, it's not good. You but don't think you do it again today because you're making a lot of money now and you were the host of a TV show that had children on it. Yeah, it's just a TV show that was about children. This is one of those things that like it should be illegal. But even if someone's like, this is legal, I'm like, I'm not comfortable with that. That makes me really uncomfortable, like ethically and morally. I do not want to be involved in that. And I also like want to stress so much that like people put so much pressure on parents to protect their kids. And we simultaneously do that while telling moms specifically that it takes a village and that, you know, ask for help when you need help, like reach out to friends and do all of that stuff. And then we turn around and blame parents Mm -hmm. when the people, the village that helped them with their kids took advantage of that. And the mom is not denying that any of this happened. The mom is like mortified and very upset. Mm -hmm. And I just, some of the shit I saw that like she was the real one to blame in this. Like there are parents of child actors and industry people who put their kids in really horrible situations and they are responsible for that. Yeah, but this woman was putting her kids with somebody that she trusted that her kids called aunt that was there for them and that was taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's disgusting. The Daily Beast article, I wish they had a bigger trigger warning on that article. It is so intense. Mm-hmm. So if you want to read more about it, just know that um, I didn't watch the video, but like I read about the article, like I read the article and it's like you, it's really bad. Yeah. It's like it's terrible. Yeah. So and now the lawsuit has been filed. So if you want to read the lawsuit, it's terrible too. Yeah. But fucking worst. Yeah. The absolute, absolute worst. Mm-hmm. On that note, but oop, life. Sometimes it doesn't end on the happiest no. note. Serena retired this week oh. to close out our. My favorite genre now of TikToks is people watching her play. Yeah. That is it for this episode. If you are still listening, head on over to our Instagram and comment. Just like one good thing about this week. Great. Do that. Yeah. It can be about your life. It could be something you read or listened to. Do it. And if you have something you want us to talk about on the podcast, you can always DM us on Instagram at Megan and Melissa. It's always linked below. And you can also tag us on videos on in Instagram posts that you want us to talk about. Send it to us or TikToks or No sprinkles. Tweets. No sprinkles. As always, we will circle back next week. Bye. Oh, Bye. you could also join our Patreon. Oh, yeah. Join that. Live streams, videos. It's cheap, too. Mm-hmm. We're a cheap date. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.